0: 738138118773813811 Do people know what uh, Memorial Day was all about? Apparently Joe Biden does not, and apparently the media do not. Rather than celebrating those who have died in service to this country. Oh yes, they celebrated some of that. But it was racism all weekend long. Starting with Joe Biden. You see, folks, for people like Joe Biden, it's easy to talk about the past. It's easy to cherry-pick America's past. And then talk about spending vast sums of money. And then talk about regulating your lives. Then talk about massive redistribution of wealth. But when things actually happen on Joe Biden's watch, not so good. It was just a week ago where we saw massive outbreaks of anti-Semitism in our cities. Joe Biden didn't lift a finger. He issued a statement. Beyond that, he did nothing. We cannot fix what happened in Tulsa, in the Greenwood district, a hundred years ago. We can't fix what happened in that place. But for a hundred years, to pretend that nothing's happened in this country, civil rights, laws, court decisions, trillions of dollars spent, program after program after program, is a damnable lie. A damnable lie. As if spending money and destroying our economic system and destroying our constitutional system will fix what happened in Tulsa a hundred years ago. Embracing tyranny doesn't fix anything. And it never will. This, This push... For racism in this country now, after all that's happened and after all the good that's been done over the decades to confront it, as it's confronted unfortunately in every society, is unraveling our country, it's unraveling our system. And Joe Biden has made a decision and his staff of radicals have made a decision and the Democrat Party has made a decision it is going to be a party that is led by white liberals and is it a party that intends to appeal to white liberals as well as minorities. In other words, they're reconstructing their their constituent groups keeping some, don't get me wrong the borders are open today for a reason not because of Tulsa not because of slavery Not because the Democrats give a damn about minorities. Look at the history of Democrats. Oklahoma, a hundred years ago, was a one-party Democrat state, I might add, and Tulsa was a Democrat city. None of that ever comes up, of course. All of America's at fault, all of it. Even Americans who fought in the Civil War and opposed slavery and always have. There's a lot of ethnic groups. That come out into this country, that have come to this country who have suffered from slavery. In fact, most of them. Hundred and fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, they were escaping tyranny and totalitarianism of one form or another. That's why they were coming to this country. Not just for economic reasons, for liberty. And yet Joe Biden wants to keep talking about 100 years ago. Or 160 years ago. Joe Biden doesn't want to talk about Joe Biden's past. Or what Joe Biden did or didn't do in the United States Senate or as vice president. It's just easier to point to history and then blame America. Point to history and blame America. All Americans. All Americans. Yet all Americans didn't believe in slavery. Yet all Americans didn't believe in segregation. And all Americans weren't involved in in both. But Joe Biden did believe in segregation. We can't fix what happened in the Greenwood District, although it's important to remember It's important to remember slavery and segregation and so forth. But Joe Biden doesn't use it to remember. He uses it 100 years later or 150 years later to advance an alien ideology that would destroy what makes America great. America's greatness. Greatness. So, at Arlington National Cemetery yesterday, Joe Biden's barely getting through his speech. As obviously others have written for him, you can see he has dementia. He squints his eyes. He suffers with the words. It is historians will comment on this one day. Even though the modern media, whether it's the coronavirus or the fraud that was the Russia collusion he's in the back pocket of the democrat party one day they'll comment on this but there he is at Arlington National Cemetery a sacred place in this country and a party says this, cut to go
2: empathy, empathy is the fuel of democracy our willingness to see each other.
0: Empathy is not the fuel of democracy. Liberty is the fuel of republicanism. Liberty, not empathy. Empathy is an emotion. Liberty is a state of being. Go ahead.
2: His neighbors, even when we disagree to understand what the other is going through,
0: I, I cannot stand it when he, when he goes through these machinations like this. A very stupid man, really in the, uh, in the last hours of, of, of quasi-sanity, writing, reading things that other people have written, and doing it like this and this. Go ahead. State the obvious. Let me, let me stop here. If any, I want to have a caller. Anybody can call here and tell me any time during Joe Biden's senatorial career, or vice presidential career for that matter, what he did to improve relations between blacks and whites, what he did to improve the economic uh, life of minorities in this country. Don't tell me he created programs. I want to know what he did. Exactly. And I want to know What banner he carried for the black community 50 years in Washington, D.C. Because that's his effort now. Go ahead.
2: Our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. But Americans of all backgrounds, races, creeds, gender, identities, sexual orientations, have long spilled their blood to defend our democracy.
0: Yes. But you'd say in Tulsa about systemic racism. See, there's multiple problems the Democrats are having, cobbling together their new coalition. Is America systemically racist or not? And yet you try to appeal to Americans based on their diversity. Well, which is it? Is America systemically racist or not? The borders are wide open. People are pouring over the border very small percentage of whom are Caucasian. So which is it? Are we the land of opportunity or the land of systemic racism? They don't know yet. They don't care because consistency is irrelevant to them. Propaganda is what matters. Empathy is what fuels democracy. Empathy is what fuels democracy? Empathy? Is that why our men and women on the battlefield fight for empathy or for liberty? Can you find the word empathy in any of our founding documents, or liberty? Is the word empathy chiseled on all our monuments, or the word liberty? Let's go to cut three, please, go.
2: Democracy thrives when the infrastructure of democracy is strong. When people have the right to vote, freely and fairly and conveniently,
0: when a free See, this, and- is, this is the effort. That the left uses all the time to take what they're trying to do, that is what they're trying to destroy, and slap the label reform on it in a self-righteous kind of way. So nobody's denying anybody to vote. Can you name one person who's been denied the right to vote? I'm serious. Can you name one? Can you name one person who's brought a legitimate federal voting rights claim under the 1965 Civil Rights Act? And it's demonstrated in that claim in a court of law that a state denied him or her the right to vote because of their race or sexual preference. Can you name one person? You know, you have standing to bring those federal lawsuits. Most of us can't name anyone. So if it's widespread and states are actually trying to do this, where all the cases, even more importantly, where are all the outcomes that demonstrate that? There aren't. Go ahead. The press pursues the truth
2: founded on facts, not propaganda. When the rule of law applies equally and fairly to every citizen, regardless of where they come from,
0: what they look like. Now, despite the propaganda, is that not the case in this country? Well, look at the number of people based on race who are in our prisons. I didn't ask that. Is that because... We lack due process. Is that because every courthouse in America is corrupt? Every jury in America is corrupt? Is that because every defense counsel in America is corrupt? No, that has nothing to do with it. These guys, again, hypocrisy, want to build an even bigger, massive government. Well, they attack it. If our justice system and our court system are racist, well, why do you want more laws? Why do you want bigger government? If the problem is government, why do you want more of it? Go ahead. Excuse me. Oh, good Lord.
2: Wherever Americans are, there, there is democracy.
0: I have no idea what that means. Go ahead.
2: Churches and synagogues and mosques. Neighborhoods and coffee shops and diners. Bleachers and kids' baseball or soccer games. Libraries and parks.
0: Are full of racists, right? Because we're systemically racist. If you're systemically racist, that means there's not a corner of this country. Not a diner, coffee shop, not a mosque, synagogue, church, not a neighborhood that's not racist. That's systemically racist. That's what it means. And yet here we are again. Democracy. Democracy comes out of our pores, ladies and gentlemen. Democracy comes out of whatever we do because we're Americans. And yet, three paragraphs later, we're systemically racist. And I'm going to spend trillions of dollars to fix that. This is what we get over the Memorial weekend from the dumbest most moronic president of modern American history who threw in with the segregationists. He's incoherent. He's a plagiarist. And he has no moral core, period. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes, through Hillsdale's free online courses, We can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on Earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for levinforhillsdale.com. I can't just be a ping-pong ball, ladies and gentlemen, bouncing around. I'm pulling in all the current issues, but I have to do it in a way that makes sense so we understand what's going on to our country and to our society. You're Beto O'Rourke. There's a reason why they're all saying the same thing. If you understand, and you do, that the Democrat Party is diabolical, in fact it's evil, that it was behind segregation and slavery and Jim Crow, if you understand that the Democrat Party has no tolerance for the Constitution, the rule of law, if you understand that the Democrat Party will back violence, and it has, since before the Klan, the Klan, and forward, even today, with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, then you understand what we're dealing with. The truth does not set them free. The truth is dead when it comes to the media, the Democrat Party, academia, and their various Uh, organizations and so when Texas tries to return to the pre coronavirus election system which nobody at the time said was racist now according to Beto O'Rourke who wants to run for the senator governor there I believe governor he says voting integrity does the exact same thing as poll taxes and literacy tests they will say anything and right now for all their talk about inciting insurrection they are inciting listen to me They are inciting or trying to incite race riots. They're trying to incite further violence. That is exactly what they're doing. Weakening the cops and trying to incite violence. Listen to their words. Don't listen to me. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at LevinForHillsdale.com, L E V I N FOR Hillsdale.com, LevinForHillsdale.com. You know, we're late to this fight, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you saw it coming, some of us saw it coming, but one institution after another is crumbling, and this, this racist ideology is now spewed and is a poison throughout the White House and the executive branch. And what better foil than one of the dumbest men to ever serve in Washington, D.C., who is really on his last uh, IQ numbers? And... I want to set the stage here for more of this. This was happening all weekend. No, I wasn't watching a lot of TV this weekend. This is Memorial Day weekend, not Democrat Party spewing racism weekend. And how Obama can, excuse me, Biden can do this at Arlington. When you walk and there's row after row after row after row of men and some women who gave their life for this country without reference to their race is a shock to me. Now, what are we dealing with here? You see, you're going to learn more about this whole racism stuff with uh, the Marxist connection today. It's part of the American Marxism, as I call it. If it's not the longest chapter, it's the second longest chapter. Racism, genderism, and Marxism, and I also cover immigration in this chapter. But let me give you a taste of this, again, to put it in further context. And I want to go back to the things you were hearing. One Democrat Party member after another. One media platform after another. This is what they promote. Not Americanism. Not the magnificence of this country. Almost no talk about the men and the women who are serving overseas or those who have freshly returned, maybe in a throwaway line, but nothing more. They don't celebrate America. They don't celebrate the men and women who died for this country because it's, it doesn't do them any good, they, you know. Because they're really aligned with academia, they're aligned with the media, they're aligned with Hollywood, and they don't give a damn. George R. Lenoy, Who is he? Good question. He's a research professor of public policy and political science, University of Maryland. And he describes this critical race theory, but it's more than that, but critical race theory through the writings of two best-selling proponents, Robin DiAngelo and Ibrahim X. Kendi. CRT begins with the presumption that race is the primary way to identify and analyze people. Now you see Biden doing this. Biden is now one of the leading ministers of critical race theory and racism in this country. So it begins with the presumption that race is the primary way to identify and analyze people and consequently posits a racial hierarchy that supposedly exists with whites on top and blacks at the bottom. Individual behavior is insignificant because everyone in America functions within a society of systemic racism, structural racism, and institutional racism. Criminal race theory affirms this perspective by pointing to various existing racial disparities, which it claims are the result of racist discrimination. According to this perspective, efforts by public and private organizations... To enforce civil rights laws in employment, housing, contracting, education, etc. are either insufficient or pointless. And so you hear Biden say, a hundred years after the Greenwood district in Tulsa and the slaughter that took place there was horrendous. That we have to face up to this. We need to do something about this. Um, Wasn't there Franklin Roosevelt? and LBJ, and Barack Obama, and others? Trillions and trillions and trillions in spending a massive new federal fine? You have to do something? Do we have Supreme Court decisions? Don't we have all kinds of federal laws now? Where is this systemic discrimination going on exactly? Please define it. Define it. Where is it? And they do. With this new word equity. It's outcomes. We measure it by outcomes, not by input, by the way, not by personal responsibility and personal accountability, just outcomes. That's all. That's good enough. So critical race theory, and again, it's broader than that, but let's let's play along, offers two responses to this situation. First, all whites must admit their culpability by confessing the advantages white supremacy confers on them. It's pretty much what Biden's talking about. Failure to do so reflects white fragility an instinctive defensiveness that whites are said to display after they have trained about their investment in racism. Second, individual whites cannot hide behind any personal history of non-discrimination or the desirability of race-neutral laws or policies because the collective action of their race has been oppressive. In other words, there's not a damn thing you can do except beg for mercy if you're white. Oh, wait a minute. My ancestors weren't here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And by the way, Clarence Thomas, Tom Saul, and so forth, black, right? Their minds have been conquered, you see. They are what they call colonial whites. What's that? Oh, yes. The system has devoured them. There's always an answer, you see, for the racist. In acknowledging their white privilege, writes Professor Leno, he explains that whites must support anti-racist policies. They require various forms of race preference of non-whites across a variety of fields for an indefinite period. An indefinite period. This is required even where whites are a local minority and power structures are controlled by non-whites or blacks, indigenous, and people of color, what they call BIPOCs, B-O-P-O-C-S. It's a whole new language in the current technology. Now, Tom Soule, who I had on my show last summer, his book came out, and God bless him, he said, the one show I want to go on is Levin's show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. And we did, for an hour. In his book, Intellectuals and Society, Tom Soule denounces the entire multicultural and identity politics movement, and he explains that. The kind of collective justice demanded for racial or ethnic groups is often espoused as social justice, since it seeks to undo disparities created by circumstances, as well as those created by the injustices of human beings. Moreover, what he calls cosmic justice not only extends from individuals to group, it extends beyond contemporary groups to intertemporal abstractions of which today's groups are conceived as being the current embodiments. He says, among intellectuals who confuse blame with causation, the question-begging phrase, blaming the victim, has been a, become a staple in discussion of inter, intergroup differences. And he goes on, he says, this is all a fraud. This is all a fraud. It's all manipulation. And he says, what's the point? He would say, what's the point of focusing on 100 years ago? Should we remember it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we ensure nothing like that ever happens again? Absolutely. But he would also say, what the hell does that have to do with today in terms of your own life? So much has changed. Look in the mirror. What about you? You personally, whatever your race. Look, what's the problem? You're a free person. That's not happening. Because this is the racialization Of Marxism. That's why. What is Joe Biden proposing? More liberty? No. Less government, of which he attacks? More government. Less group identity? No. More group identity. Outright racism. Which was struck down by two federal courts yesterday, by the way. Or today. With his race-based funding programs. Because this whole movement is a Marxist movement. And now you know why, after studying and researching, I call the book American Marxism. This isn't about liberal Democrats, this isn't about democratic socialism, this isn't about progressivism. Joe Biden is a mouthpiece for 50 years of Marxists who've been trying to racialize Marxism and genderism and immigration. And he's their mouthpiece, he's their dunderhead, he's doing it. And so he will look for more opportunities, more anniversaries. They're working the calendar right now. What happened 120 years ago, 150 years ago? What can we do? They keep stirring the pot to distract the American people, particularly to distract minorities, and to upset them and stir the pot and tell them, we, white liberals in the Democrat Party, we are their saviors. Stick with us. If we can pull together this same community of groups. They separate us out into groups, ladies and gentlemen, and then they bring us together and call us the masses. But the Democrat Party has made a decision that through immigration, through outright racism and segregation of ideas, that they intend to be a coalition of white liberals, They hope there's enough in the suburbs? Black people, brown people, red people? And if the numbers aren't enough to keep the borders open? Because there's no other explanation for what's going on here. It's a disgrace what's going on on the southern border. It's horrific. And that's how they will hold power. I have an announcement to make. as of this afternoon thanks to patriotic americans like you american marxism from which i'm taking this and have taken a lot of information over the last 3 to 4 weeks to tell you without getting into great detail what this is about before you put your hard-earned money down and to tell you what i hope this movement will become a movement of all people of all races of all backgrounds of all religions who love this country who care for liberty they want their children to be taught properly, not politically. This book's for you. And something has happened on a book like this that I don't think has happened in modern history. I'm not talking about a book about somebody famous or an actress or whatever. We have now reached, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to you patriots, over 100,000 pre-orders of the hardcover of American Marxism. This afternoon. And with the hardcover book, the e books, and the audio, we've now reached 115,000. That is unparalleled. Unparalleled. And I want to encourage the rest of you to join our movement so on July 13 we can hit the ground running. We can inform each other, we can be more knowledgeable than anybody else, we can see what's taking place and we can push back. America is a great country, but we have a president who keeps damning us and damning the country. Everybody in the country. A country that has a leader who's trying to destroy the guts of the country. A country that has a school system that's trying to destroy the guts of the country. is not a country that can survive. I want to encourage you to get your pre-ordered copy of American Marxism. I want us all to read it, go through it together. Then I all want us all to take steps that we can take, civil, legitimate steps, many of which will be taken from the left. In these various areas, they really aim at destroying our lifestyle, all Americans, America's lifestyle, and substituting it with racism, genderism, Marxist sorts of economic systems that will repress our freedom of speech, already has, freedom of association, and will rip our Constitution to shreds. Now it's our time. We didn't ask for this. No generation is asked to have to defend what is ours, but we're going to have to defend it. And for the liberals and the media listening, by what is ours, no, we're not sick like you. That's not about race. It's about we the people as individuals, the great diversity of people who believe in liberty, so many of whom came to this country who are not white, who happen to be black, brown, yellow, mixed, and what the hell ever. Red-blooded Americans. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair, but those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on Earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for levinforhillsdale.com. It's amazing how the Democrat Party gets away with what it's done in our history to black people and brown people and yellow people and red people. It's amazing. Then their most recent progeny blames it on all Americans. Yet all Americans were not that way. And then says everybody the whole country is to change. I ask you a question. Joe Biden has been in public office for half a century. Where and what has he contributed to individual liberty in any place, in any way, of any person, of any race, ethnicity, or religious background? How and where? Joe Biden is a nasty old man. He's always been a nasty man, but now he's a nasty old man. Tell me. When he treated Clarence Thomas the way he treated Clarence Thomas. Did he not remember Tulsa back then? When he threw in with Eastland and Stennis, two segregationists from Mississippi, did he not remember Tulsa back then? With all of his racist comments, of which we have many to play, but I will not to bore you, did he forget about Tulsa then? What was the Civil War about? Not only maintaining the Union, but liberty. Free. People being free. What has Joe Biden done to advance freedom in America? Not a damn thing. He advances government. That's all he knows. Now his party intends to destroy the constitutional construct with the backing of of a tyrannical and corrupt media how will that help black people and brown people and yellow people and red people and whatever people not in the least I'm not done we've had a whole weekend full of this racism so at least one host has to spend a little bit of time confronting it and I don't mean playing a clip and giggling I mean confronting it alright ladies and gentlemen and I'll see you in just a few minutes we'll be right back 3811. Court strikes down racial gender preferences in Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill that discriminated against restaurant owners. A federal appellate court on Thursday struck down a provision in Biden's $1.9 trillion bill that discriminated against white restaurant owners as well as minorities from seemingly random countries. Even Glenn Greenwald writes about this. The specific struck down, provision that was struck down, was part of the law's $29 billion restaurant revitalization fund grant program for small, privately owned restaurants struggling to meet payroll and rent due to the coronavirus. The law, which was passed almost entirely on party-line vote in March, grants priority status to restaurants that have 51% ownership or more composed of specific racial and ethnic groups, as well as women. By effectively relegating struggling businesses owned by white males or ethnicities and nationalities excluded from a priority designation, to the back of the line, the relief bill ruled the court by two-to-one decision, ran afoul of court constitutional guarantees. Now that's frightening, that it was a two-to-one vote. So what we have now is institutionalized racism that is now called righteous and democracy and unity. Institutionalized racism. Now just think about this for a second. Apart from the racism, there's a practical point. Just because a majority ownership of a restaurant is white doesn't mean its failure won't affect minorities. What's the workforce? The customer base. You know, this is an amazing thing to watch a Democrat party and a president conduct themselves this way. There's something about Joe Biden that reminds me of George Wallace and Orville Faubus. Because he wants to sit there and decide which race gets a thumbs up and which race gets a thumbs down? Whose door he's going to stand in front of and whose door he's going to allow to be opened? Racism is wrong, regardless of who practices it, for whatever reason. That's not Americanism. That's not we celebrate. what we celebrate when people die for liberty and the protection of this country. This is Joe Biden. The street politician, the thug, the buffoon, the fool. Like many restaurants, the Vitolo's restaurant struggled during the pandemic. It closed on weekdays and offered to-go orders on weekends and lost workers and a considerable amount of sales, the court wrote. A district judge initially rejected the restaurant's request to have their grant application considered, Without considering their race, but the appellate court ruled in their favor. The Sixth Circuit ordered the federal government to halt using these unconstitutional criteria when processing Antonio Vitola's application. This case is about whether the government, uh, let's see, can allocate limited coronavirus relief funds based on race and sex of the applicants. We hold that it cannot. The court wrote, Judge Amul Thopper who was appointed by President Donald Trump to the appellate court and wrote the majority opinion in this case, called out the government for its scattershot approach to determining who qualified as a socially and economically disadvantaged group. Individuals who trace their ancestry to Pakistan and India qualify for special treatment. But those from Afghanistan, Iran, and Iraq do not. Those from China, Japan, and Hong Kong all qualify. Those from Tunisia, Libya, and Morocco do not. Greenwald added the judge was referencing the fact that under SBA regulations a person is deemed socially and economically disadvantaged if they are black, Hispanic or Native American. They are deemed presumptively disadvantaged as Asian Pacific Americans only if they have origins from Burma, Thailand, Malaysia. Can you imagine sitting down and doing this? Can you imagine? Treating People as non-humans, putting them into the group classifications and a caste system. This is where Joe Biden is driving this country. This is utterly alien to whom we are. Utterly alien. So to have this fraud go on about righteousness and morality, we Americans can do this. Do what? We systematically Americans can do this. And by the way, some Americans are better than others. Folks, didn't we fight a war over this? A person to qualify as subcontinent Asian-Americans, they must have origins from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, uh, the Maldives Islands, or Nepal. Wow, let's see if I qualify so I can get my money. Well, I don't qualify, so I don't get any money. This is a two-to-one vote on a circuit court panel, the Sixth Circuit. Who was the one judge? It's shocking. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking. What's what's, what's happening? And by the way, let us be perfectly clear about this. The federal government now is pushing this racism. Let me put something boldly to you. The left will go nuts, but who cares? They're nuts anyway. We haven't had a president this racist who's gone from supporting segregation and opposing integration to now supporting a different kind of segregation and a different kind of racism since Woodrow Wilson. He wants to be FDR. He's not FDR. He's Woodrow Wilson. In his own way, obviously. In his own way. He's got the same mindset. He sees race everywhere or he wants to. Or at least he claims to. And he uses past historical, not just imperfections, but but even horrors. And projects them a hundred years forward to condemn the people here today. You know, we even have law, We even have a, the Constitution does not allow you to charge people for crimes just because they're part of a family or a bloodline or something of that sort. And yet, when it comes to all of us, the aggregate of the American citizenry, isn't that exactly what Joe Biden's doing? As I sit here and think about this. So everybody who's white is responsible for X. Everybody who's black is a victim of Y. Now, what kind of insanity is this? It's the insanity of the Marxist. That's what it is. And Joe Biden, being the Nimrod that he is, has bought into this and just spews it. Come on, come on. Democracy is about empathy. Empathy, right, Dr. Jill? Empathy. Democracy is about. And then we, we're making it so hard to vote now. Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? We had more people turn out to vote than ever before in American history. So now we need to clean this up, this, this COVID voting cycle. No, 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 we like it this way. And so you have everybody from Hakeem Jeffries, a certifiable nut job, to Beto O'Rourke, a certifiable nut job, to Corinne Jean-Péry, the White House press secretary, certified nut job, to Jamie Harrison, DNC chair, on, on the morning schmo. The morning schmo likes to push this uh, segregationist, racist uh, agenda, based on the guests that, go, uh, that, that they slobber all over. It's a blatant attempt to curb black and brown voting, says uh, Jamie Harrison, who has seen this in his lifetime. <clears throat> and then, of course, Keith Oberman in his padded cell is bouncing off the walls. But let's hear this for just a second. Here is um, Beto O'Rourke on the Morning Joe. Go ahead. Cut uh, the. I also board. want to
3: call attention to some of these seemingly innocuous provisions, um, like closing polling places in Texas or "quote-unquote" standardizing elections. You know, the the poll tax 100 years ago was somewhat innocuous sounding. The the literacy test, the the counting the number of jelly beans in a jar.
0: So why don't you bring a federal lawsuit, you jackass? Sounds like you have a cause of action. So if we're now doing a a poll tax and literacy tests and counting the number of jelly beans in a jar, which, of course, we're not. We're not. They, They have to create a fiction to fight, to argue against. And there's that stupid A. Joe Scarborough and his, his beautiful sidekick, Billy Geist. Is that his name? Willie Geist. There they are with their fingers up their nose. It is perfectly fine because it's a propaganda operation. Go ahead.
3: The instance they were used to try to stop black Texans and, and African-Americans throughout the former Confederacy from being able to use their rights to vote. And in that same way, ending souls to the polls and closing polling ending places. souls in- to
0: the polls. Souls to the polls.
3: Go ahead. Predominantly African-American neighborhoods is doing the exact same thing in 2021.
0: What exactly are you ta- What exactly are you talking about? What provision of the law are you talking about? He never says. And, of course, dumb Joe doesn't give a damn. He's there for show, as Beto. And here's a guy who even lies about his own ethnicity. Ethnicity. He's Irish, but he goes around Beto, Beto, oh, a Beto. Then there's Hakeem Jeffries that doesn't know a thing about islands sinking or not sinking. Cut five, go.
4: Well, the Texas law is shameful, uh, and Republicans—excuse me—that was
0: a different representative. Go ahead. Country, uh, want to make it harder to vote.
4: And easier to steal an election. How so?
0: How so? Why is that a hard question? How so? So all the voting systems that were in place when Barack Obama won the presidency made it harder for black people to vote. It made it harder for Democrats to win. and made it easier for Romney and McCain to steal the election. Is that how it works? Is that what I understand? What are these fools talking about Cut seven. Cut seven. Go. You
5: know, I would love to see 100 percent voter participation because I'm confident enough in my in the Democratic principles and values that we stand for and the candidates that we have to get into the arena and make the case to the American people. The Republicans aren't confident confident enough in that because in the end of the day that they know the only way that they can win is to cheat.
0: So the only way Republicans can win is to cheat, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Russia collusion. The only way Republicans can win is if they cheat. So anytime Republicans win, it's not legitimate. Isn't this what they do? George W. Bush, who's hapless, busy painting, only jumps in when he trashes Trump and Trump supporters. Otherwise, he's happy on his peninsula and Kennebunkport, which they inherit well and good, that's fine. Tootling around on their speedboat. No offense, I get it, all fine. He was an illegitimate president, you recall. Trump's an illegitimate president. They even said Reagan was an illegitimate The only legitimate president is a Democrat president. Here he's telling you that. The only way Republicans win is if they cheat. Now what kind of a jackass is this one in the DNC? A big one. Go ahead.
5: They are changing these laws. This Texas bill is so bad. It is probably the worst of all of these bills that we're seeing from Georgia to Arizona uh, to, to Florida, this bill lowers the threshold for courts to throw out elections. It allows. Whoa, them whoa, whoa,
0: wait a minute, courts? Why would you challenge an election in a court, Mister. Producer? I mean, when people were challenging the presidential election, the last one in courts, they were mocked. You Democrats are actually going to courts to challenge elections based on what? Voting machines? Ha, ha, ha! Ballots? What are you doing? Making the same arguments that some Republicans made in litigation in 2020? Go ahead. Ah, shut up, you idiot! And he is an idiot. Let me come back just one more to complete the circle. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House deputy press secretary. The press said she was the first African-American press secretary. Deputy, and of course, that was a lie. They don't care. They'll say whatever they want to say. I'll be right back. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVIN, podcast Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. of course one of the sharpest minds who's written like 50 books thomas Sol. i researched i have always of course since young man researched a number of his books because he writes a number of books about racism and the intellectuals and these various movements and so forth and so you will you will find some of his most important thoughts and rebukes in my book not Long treatises, but substantive points that he raises um, in addressing this so called critical race theory. It's, it's, as I say, it's even bigger than that now. And um, he's just such a brilliant man that I sorted through, uh, boy, did I sort through a lot of, uh, of material. But I sorted through his books to look for what I thought was some of the very best arguments that he made. So you'll also find that in American Marxism. You know, again, when I was growing up, we had men like Thomas Sowell and Milton Friedman, Bill Buckley, and so many others on television and these various long interview programs. Which is why, when I was asked, I was asked to do a Sean Fox. I I said that I wanted to do a long-form interview program something different so we could dig into various issues here and there. And I believe it's made a difference because other hosts are wanting to do the same thing whether they do it on digital platforms or other platforms. It's just not possible, even with a three-hour radio show, to cover every single thing that you and I want covered. It's just not. And so I've taken the approach... I'm not going to speed through the day's news. I mean, if there's 15 issues that are important, then we'll talk about them. But this format at least provides an opportunity, as imperfect as I am, to dig a little bit more deeply into these subjects. So, look, here's the thing. Eastern time, this program is on 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. I know that's family time. I know it's dinner time. And it's not necessarily convenient anywhere else in the country. And so I can't just do some slap together, slapstick sort of... I mean, why would you want to listen to that? And so my goal here is to do more. And I've been doing it almost 20 years. Now, I'd like to make you laugh sometimes in a very jovial mood and so forth. But right now, I am focused like a laser. I'm using all the platforms that I have. Thank God, because of you. Focus like a laser on what we need to do to get this country back for all of us, for a diverse, humane country, which is about liberty. Be right back. Do you notice that Loudoun County, Virginia seems to be, I mean, the, the epicenter of all this left-wing crack? I mean, as I moved to this county to get away from everything, when I moved here, it was mostly a rural county 20 years ago. Now everybody's coming here. I don't know why. It's considered the wealthiest county in America, quite frankly, for two reasons. Government. And high tech. The vast majority. Of internet traffic. That goes on in this country. Goes through Loudoun County Virginia. Did you know that Mr. Producer? So here we have all these people here. And the more populated against. The more democratic it becomes. But these. This Loudoun County school board. Is a new school board. They elected a lot of fools. And phonies and frauds. And they're pushing the racism. They're pushing the genderism. You literally have to teach that science isn't science. That there aren't two sexes. That sex is not what's between your legs, but it's between yours. Don't you long for the good old days when you had real sex education? I mean, that used to be controversial. I'm saying it jokingly, but I mean, people would say, can we at least return to that? Now what are we teaching? What we're teaching is the Democrat Party Marxist agenda. That's what we're teaching. That's what we're teaching. That's what you're paying for. We're paying for all this, whether it's colleges or universities, whether it's public schools, whether it's your taxes being used by the Democrat Party to change and then strengthen its base. You hear people talk about the 1619 Project. What is the 1619 Project? What is it? I took a look at that for you. Christina Skirk, a research assistant at Hillsdale College. It's a series of essays that were published by the New York Times. The 1619 Project reframes reframes U.S. history by arguing that 1619, the year slaves were first brought to Jamestown, is the year of America's true founding. In partnership with the Times, the Pulitzer Center... Created a curriculum based on 1619 that they distributed over 3,500 schools. And that curriculum teaches your children that slavery has had a lasting impact on all U.S. institutions, according to the Pulitzer Center lesson plan. One discussion guide question asks How do societal structures developed to support the enslavement of black people and the anti black racism that was cultivated in the U.S. to justify slavery influence many aspects of modern laws, poli- policies, systems, and culture? In a video created for the curriculum, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who's not a historian, by the way, the creator of the 1619 Project, explains that growing up in the Midwest, she saw the landscape of inequality through her school bus window. The most telling portion of the video is when she discusses American history, first describing 1776 positively as the year that set in motion the most liberatory democratic experiment in the history of the world. As she speaks, iconic images play of the pilgrims, the American founders, the 50s, the Statue of Liberty. Then the images begin to rewind. And Hannah Jones says, the only way you can believe that this country was the most liberatory, democratic nation that the world has ever seen is to, of course, erase the indigenous people who were already here and to ignore the enslaved Africans. I wonder if she feels that way about the Jews in the Middle East, the indigenous people. I think not. Everywhere Hannah Jones looks, I write from her New York Times perch, she sees racism. Hannah Jones claims that nearly everything in modern American life is tainted by the legacy of slavery. She points to the incarceration rates, the lack of universal health care, the length of maternity leave. You notice all this goes back to Marxism? Because that's what it is. Minimum wage laws, low rates of union membership, highway systems, explicitly and implicitly discriminatory laws, poorly performing school systems in minority neighborhoods, as examples of the continued effects of racism. Of course, she doesn't support school choice, but that's beside the point. So what's the goal of this New York Times project? Well, Jake Silverstein, the Times editor-in-chief, tells us, quote, it is to reframe American history. By considering what it would mean to regard 1619 as our nation's birth, as opposed to 1776, doing so requires us to place the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the story we tell ourselves about who we are as a country. Now in his book, Peter Wood, who I had on my Fox program, a critical response to the 1619 Project. He also happens to be president of the National Association of Scholars, a former professor. He wrote a devastating response. And he said, in part, the larger aim of the project is to change America's understanding of itself. And this is exactly what Biden has done today. Why why am I getting into all this? Because I want to? No, because this is important. This is what Biden and the Democrat Party and the media are doing to us right now. It's to change America's understanding of itself. Whether it will ultimately succeed in doing so remains to be seen, but it certainly had already succeeded in shaping how Americans now argue about key aspects of history. It said the 1619 Project aligns with the views of those on the progressive left who hate America and would like to transform it radically into a different kind of nation. Such a transformation would be a terrible mistake. It would endanger our hard-won liberty, our self-government, and our virtues as a people. And he notes the 1619 Project has taken ideas that a few years ago were exclusively fringe. Fringe, a good way into the realm of mainstream opinion. The idea, for example, that the American Revolution was a pro-slavery event, once circulated only among conspiracy-minded activists with comic book-style theories of history. The 1619 Project has brought it from the playground into the classroom to the consternation of serious historians everywhere. And I cite several of them in American Marxism. This is also a handy book to push back in the classroom. Whether it's college or government, elementary and secondary schools, as you'll see. Which is why there's over 400 endnotes in this book. To help you, your children, or grandchildren. Where'd you get that from? What is that based on? Well, it'll be there. In fact, this book is more thoroughly researched, more substantive, and provides more sources than the New York Times 1619 Project ever has or ever could. And I'm only one little guy. Working at my desk with hundreds of books. One little guy. Me. I don't have a research staff. It's me. I don't have a ghostwriter. It's me. I'll be right back. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Now, as if to underscore what I've been saying and what I've written about here, was a, a guy by the name of Glenn Bracey. Bracey, B-R-A-C-E-Y, Assistant Professor of Sociology at Villanova. Now, having grown up in Philadelphia, Villanova was a wonderful university. A Catholic-centered university, religious university. And a lot of people wanted to go to Villanova. But like so many of these institutions, it's now been poisoned by the likes of Glenn Bracey. So I want you to listen carefully. I want to thank uh, Post Millennial, another great website that's out there. And listen to what this assistant professor of sociology at Villanova has to say. Cut 13, go!
5: I want to say that the Marxist foundation of critical race theory is at base a spiritual concern. If you read Marx, you know that he was concerned about alienation, specifically alienation of the species being, that element of humanity uh, that provides creativity, that is unique to the individual, uh, that really gives us – it, it is what defines humans from animals in that case. And that Marx was concerned that our modern systems were flattening that humanity and, and alienating us from the creative endeavors that that we were – Uh, well, Christians would say, we were designed to uh, emulate and to to practice. So the core question for critical race theory is one of releasing people, especially people of color, especially black people,
0: from— No, 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 no. Almost exclusively. Go ahead the
5: oppressive systems that deny us access to our species being, including racism. It's Marxism, my point being critical race theory's Marxism, is function is fundamentally a spiritual uh, concern.
0: Voila. Voila. No, I'm not one of the great Willenders, but voila. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's Marxist Lives Matter. That's what they need to be called. It's Marxist Lives Matter. Of course, he's a little uh, confused about Marx, even though he's an assistant professor of sociology. Who would have guessed? Uh, He has some of this right. Um, Marx was concerned that our modern systems were flattening that humanity and alienating us from those endeavors. The core question is one of releasing people. Now, this is important. And again, you'll find this in American Marxism. I'm not going to make it too heavy tonight, and it won't be too heavy, period. But three names to remember. Those of you who have read some of my books, you'll know who I mean. Rousseau, Hegel, and Marx. While different, they, they overlap. And basically, and you've heard me say this, the individual must surrender his or her liberty, mobility, free will, to a greater cause. And the greater cause is the cause of the oppressed. And it's the oppressor versus the oppressed, as I've explained over and over again, and I do in the first chapter of the book. And so you must have oppressors and you must have oppressed. So if you're not part of the oppressed, and if you don't support the oppressed, you're an oppressor. It's that simple. You don't have any free speech rights. We're not here to debate you, to influence you, to persuade you. You're the enemy. It's that simple. We're in the indoctrination and the brainwashing business. Because we're right. We're righteous. We Marxists. We have no time to dither. We don't want any half measures. And this is the idiocy. These corporate boardrooms, these sports uh, players, uh, athletes, they don't even understand what they're fighting for. They're fighting for their own destruction. And the destruction of their society. To these corporatists and these fools on the basketball courts and playing fields, what, do they, what happened to them under a Marxist system? They'd be treated like the rest of us. Out into the rice fields, take your basket for the good of the bigger, uh, the bigger society. It's not going to be a matter of, oh, he's black, oh, he's white. They don't give a crap about that. Ask the Cubans. Ask the Venezuelans. They don't give a crap about your race. This is a power thing. You think the Marxists are going to sit there and say, hey, you know what happened in the Greenwald district of Tulsa? They don't care about the Greenwald district of Tulsa. And here's the irony. Marx says history begins today. Today. Everything that came before is bastardized. Everything became came before is corrupt. Sounds similar to critical race theory with the white dominant culture? Because it is similar. Because it's Marxism. And yet, they're going to point to Tulsa 100 years ago. They're going to point to slavery. They're going to point to 1619. Wait a minute, I thought history didn't matter. Because it really doesn't. It's not some kind of an a, a honest review of history comprehensive look at history, where we've come from then to now. They don't care. They are ideologues pushing a doctrine, pushing an agenda. They are fanatics. History? Did you go online and see uh, some of these interviews? With microphones going up to these college kids asking them, hey, what is Memorial Day? Most of them didn't know what the hell Memorial Day is. Or some of them have been taught enough to say, well, you know, we're imperialists, so I'm not celebrating those who died for that. You know, stuff like that. No history. You don't know economics. Because that's not what they're being taught. As you'll also see in the book. But Glenn Bracey, in his own relatively incompetent way, spews it out. The core question of critical race theory is one of releasing people. Now, Rousseau said that you basically because he was always depressed, he, was, uh, he had issues, and he was unsuccessful. And so, of course, his view was, hey, you know, basically we need a common good. You've got to surrender your independence. Hegel said the same thing because he was in the back pocket of the Prussians. And, of course, Marx was another loser. And he said the same thing, and he added materialism to it, economics to it. So it's basically you have to surrender yourself to the state. That's it. I'll be right back.
1: deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin
0: Uh, Yellow, yellow, yellow Hello America, I'm Mark Levin Our number is 877-381-3811 I hope to take some calls soon I see Joe Biden Our friends at Breitbart, Biden budget restores aid to Palestinians halted by Trump over terror. Well, of course, the U.N. now has a permanent investigative arm to investigate one country and one people, Israel and the Jews. Isn't that cool? The Taliban ramps up reconquest of Afghanistan as U.S. forces pull out. So I guess we're pulling them out very wisely, aren't we? No, not very wisely. I'm not opposed to a pullout, but I'm opposed to this kind of a pullout. UN Watchdog says it has been unable to access Iran's nuclear program data since February, but that's not stopping Biden from funding them. Why doesn't he apply his critical theories overseas? Cancer death rates are up because of COVID protocols. How do you like that? Let's see, anything else? See, it won't take me the whole show to hit these headlines. I'll just give them to you. Major League player, Major League Baseball Players Union facing all-star lawsuit for pulling game out of Atlanta. I like that one. We have to learn how to become litigious. I know this sounds strange coming from me because I cannot stand slip-and-fall laws, but enough is enough. The courtrooms weren't just built for the left. They were built for us, too. And we have to learn to be litigious, and smart ways. And we can be. This is a great lawsuit. Major League Baseball and the Players Union facing all-star lawsuit for pulling game out of Atlanta. That's tortious interference with the businesses in, the, in and around the Atlanta area. CNN, of course, hawking for the Democrats, propagandizing for the Democrats. They have their own reform, ascendus, says Wright Scoop. Reforming the filibuster... You know how they would change it? Forget about the 60 votes. You would have to constantly have 41 votes to demonstrate that you that you have enough votes in the minority to stop legislation. So it would be the minority that has to keep showing up, keep counting votes, keep showing up, even though they're trying to stop something, as opposed to those who are who are having to pull together the 60 votes. So to make it simple, they would wear down the 41. Make sure they had to be there all the time as opposed to the 60 or the potential 60. So CNN is there pushing their agenda. Just thought you'd want to know. And, and this guy, what's his name? Avalon? Is that the fool, Mr. Producer? John Avalon in his Brooks, suit, Brooks Brothers suit with the grease in his hair, with the whitening of his teeth, very pretty nails, slime ball extraordinaire. Uh, Jonathan Avalon, um, he is hawking uh, this. Because he says, look, the, the filibuster, the, the killing of the January 6th commission was a, a kick in the gut. It was a kick in the gut. I mean, here we Democrats, we were all set to politicize this damn thing till hell freezes over, into the next election cycle, an incitement of an insurrection, even though nobody was armed. It's certainly not uh, the protesters. They weren't armed. We found that out. Not even the people who, who rushed the building were armed. Again, we make no excuses. But on the other hand, when Biden says white supremacy is more dangerous than Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and I wonder about the 9-11 families, and I wonder about the men and women who went off the war as a result of that, And the men and women who died overseas, to listen to Joe Biden blithely with his propaganda and his utter stupidity, and he's such an ignoramus. To go out there and say white supremacy is a greater danger, it, it fills into what I've been talking about for two and a half hours here, or two hours anyway, which is this is what the Democrat Party has decided. This is what the Democrat Party has to do. You know, Biden likes to talk about union jobs. He's killed more union jobs than any president of modern history, and he's planning on killing more of them. Don't listen to what he says, as garbled as it is. Watch what he does. He's thrown in with the phony climate change degrowthers, the environmental Marxists. But what do you think they're going to do to smokestack industries? What do you think they're going to do to assembly lines, for God's sakes? Why aren't there any Republicans who know how to speak and expose this stuff, Mr. Peters? Very few. But this is the one I wanted to touch on. From the National Pulse. Yet another great website. Princeton. They used to call that a university, remember? Everybody wanted to oh, Prince, oh, Princeton. Princeton. Uh, yeah, oh yes. Princeton, New Jersey. Not too far from Trenton. Not too far from Philadelphia. Oh, Princeton. Yes, yes. Very much. Princeton. Princeton drops Greek and Latin language requirements for classics majors to address systemic racism. Got that? They're going to drop the ancients and their and their language for systemic racism courses. Remember what I just said for Marx? History begins today. For the Marxists today and the various American Marxist movements, history begins today. The only time you point to history is to degrade, smear, eviscerate the existing society and those who are successful in it. Princeton drops Greek, Latin language requirements for classics majors to address systemic racism. Now, when they say they're dropping the language, they're also dropping the great philosophers, For essentially. Oh, maybe they'll touch on them here and there. To me, if not the greatest thinker of all time, certainly one of them, was Aristotle. Not Plato. I'm no fan of Plato. Aristotle. Now, Socrates was Plato's teacher, and Plato was Aristotle's teacher. And Aristotle also taught Alexander the Great. Did you know any of this, Mr. Medusa? Isn't it amazing? But Aristotle, and later, of course, during the Roman period, Cicero. And there are others who many of you were not taught about because, you know, we're too busy teaching about the... I don't know what we're teaching about anymore, quite frankly. Yes! What kind of spaghetti do you like, linguini or fettuccine, or do you like the bow? You know which kind I like, Mr. Producer. I like the bow ties. Am I weird? Does it matter? I like the bow ties. We have a little joke in our family. You know, my wife will go into a restaurant. Is the uh, pasta homemade? I'll say, honey, we're in uh, you know we're in a Pizza Hut. I guarantee it's not homemade. She's going to be mad at me now. Not a you know, but a local restaurant, Mr. Now, now, you're Italian. You like your pasta, right, Mr. Producer? It's legit, you say? Open your microphone. This I need to solve right now. So it's legit to know if it's homemade or not? You want homemade pasta. It's legit question. Well, what if it's poorly homemade pasta? Good point. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm Jewish, but I love pasta. I eat—I mean, I eat it as much as I can. But I love pasta, but it's got to be homemade, so I can... Anyway, so Princeton is dropping Greek-Latin language requirements, the classics, to address systemic racism. Now that's one damn expensive school. One damn expensive school. Is that something uh, you're comfortable with, ladies? Of course not. The Ivy League schools are the worst. What you're also going to find in this book, American Marxism, as I go through some of these schools and these faculties, I hope, I hope you're going to love this book. And I hope you're going to find it crucially important. And I hope we really do unleash a nationwide movement. I can feel it in my bones. I hope. I really do. Did my best. And we'll continue to press the case. I'll be right back. love, Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong. And I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. One more clip, then I want to get to real America. Rashard Turner founded the Black Lives Matter chapter of St. Paul,
6: Minnesota.
0: And he has a video message for you about what he learned from the inside. Cut 14, go.
6: I am living proof that no matter your start in life, quality education is a pathway to success. I want the same success for our children in our communities. That's why in 2015, I was a founder of Black Lives Matter in St. Paul. I believe the organization stood for exactly what the name implies. Black lives do matter. However, after a year on the inside, I learned they had little concern for rebuilding black families. And they cared even less about improving the quality of education for students in Minneapolis. That was made clear when they publicly denounced charter schools alongside the teachers' union. I was an insider in Black Lives Matter, and I learned the ugly truth. The moratorium on charter schools does not support rebuilding the black family, but it does create barriers to a better education for black children. I resigned from Black Lives Matter after a year and a half, but I didn't quit working to improve black lives and access to a great education.
0: Danny says more. And of course, this is so true. All right, let's take some calls here. Laudell Richardson, Texas, our buddy from there on the Mark Levin app. Laudell, how are you, sir?
1: How you doing, Emil? Are you doing all right big time?
0: I'm doing all right. Thank you, sir.
1: Man, good to hear your voice again. I call you I have a new name for you, brother. I call you the Triple OG because 'cause you're the OG of all this stuff, man. So appreciate you appreciate you all times, man. I want I was calling and give you some good news, man. Uh a lot of young and also middle middle uh, middle Americans where well, when it comes to African Americans, we're waking up. We're seeing a lot of, of things not adding up. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of these voting laws that are kind of that are, that the Democrats are kind of trying to push a little bit, saying that we're kind of dumb when it comes to not bringing a driver's license. Which just, to me makes no sense at all. We're beginning to see all this stuff come out, and don't be surprised if there's a swing big time uh, when it comes to voting conservative from the African American community because we're beginning to see all this garbage, man, all this garbage. Why do, think, why do you
0: think? Why do you think? So many prominent African-Americans in athletics do not. They go the other way. Is it a social thing, do you think?
1: No, it's a business move. Uh, These guys are really uh, about that bottom line. And whenever you have a lot of liberal uh, Democrat um, operatives throwing money at them, They'll make a business decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that costs or deceives a lot of the African American community because a lot of us look at them, I don't, but a lot of them look at them as role models to shoot for. But to me, I'm like, these guys, this guy can just play basketball he can play football. Now, again, a hand clap of praise for that ability, but that didn't give you the right to give me. Political wisdom on what who to vote for, who not to vote for, just because you make a lot of money bouncing the ball, or throwing football.
0: You know that's so true. That's so true. What knowledge do do certain folks, based on their backgrounds and their sports, and so what do they really have? They they don't really have much, do they? I mean, it's not like they've studied. It's not like they're engaged. It's not like they even live with what I'll call common people.
1: That is correct. Um, a lot of them are in a the echo chamber, so a lot of their counsel is coming from just the liberal side. They're not really engaging into the other side to to see exactly uh, what does the, the the Republicans have to offer. Like for for instance, for me, what kind of woke me up a little bit was President Trump. He began to say some things when he said, "Hey, African American reader, what you got to do?" What you got to lose? Mm-hmm. Just vote for me and see what I can do. And I was like, that wasn't a very good ask, but the thing about it is he got a, he got the most African-American vote in, in presidential history just for that ask. And so I'm like, if the Republicans could really have a message to go out there and really tell the African-American community, hey, guys, we're the party of building generational wealth. This is how. One, two, three, four, five. You have an ear now because mm-hmm. everybody understands dollars and cents if that makes some sense.
0: Man, you're good. Now, I guess you wouldn't run for office, would you?
1: I'm actually thinking about where I've been uh, asked to kind of do that, Mark, from a local to state and maybe even a federal level. Be on the lookout. You'd be the first person I'll call when I've announced.
0: Isn't that exciting? Now, remind everybody a little bit about your background.
1: Well, I am. I'm in real estate development and finance, and so we we develop a lot of my firm, which I own, develop a lot of single family residences as far as whole subdivisions. We uh, finance out apartment complexes as well. We do a lot of that as well, and we really try to give a leg up to those that entered entrepreneurial or real estate investor that may not be able to qualify for a traditional type of loan. I'll cover exceptions. It helps them uh, achieve that dream of you know becoming a real estate a successful real estate investor.
0: Wonderful. That's superb. Well, Odell, thank you. Keep calling, my man. I always appreciate it.
1: God bless you, man. Keep talking, man. We're listening, man. we listen, listening, brother.
0: Thank you, and God bless you, too. Let's go to Paul Loudon, County, Virginia, of all places, the great WMAL. Paul, go right ahead, please.
4: Hey, how are you doing? All right. Just wanted to lay into a couple of facts. So, full disclosure, I'm running for um, against Wexton in the 10th. And the reason why I'm doing that is there's some data that, you know, that I found. Well, I'll just put it, send it out there. In Loudoun County, where they're putting forward, you know. Well, who data, are you? Huh? What's your name? My name is Paul Lott. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So what I'm looking at is the evidence that, that race relations is preventing school systems from delivering education. You have to look at the data. So let's look at Loudoun County. In Loudoun County, um, the graduation rate for... Well, I have right to America. ask,
0: are you a black man, a white man, a mixed I'm man? Black. What are you?
4: I, I'm black Harvard guy, so my voice may not tell you.
0: <laughs> a Harvard guy? I, I didn't think minorities could get into and graduate from Harvard, according to, uh, <laughs> according to Biden. You know,
4: you know, Harvard has a program... Where in, in they don't look at changing the standard. When I came up in the 80s, their idea was that there were black qualified candidates out there, mm-hmm. and that if they just went and tried to find them, they would find them and they would. I'm have just a kidding. The I'm standard. just
0: playing the, uh, the dummy for the Democrats. Anyway, go ahead. I don't want to run out of time. Tell me what's going on.
4: Okay. So the graduation rate in London County for black students. Okay, which is about 6.7% of the population is, is 96.2%. Okay, Is that right? White students. Yeah, n- white students is only 98.1%. There's only a 1.9% difference in the graduation rate between whites and blacks, which means that if race was an issue, that would not be the case. Hold on, I'm
0: going to hold you over after the bottom of the hour, please. So, Paul, hang in there. Folks, this is uh, rather fascinating to me. And uh, since uh, ground zero apparently is Loudoun County, Virginia, stick with us. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong. And I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. To Paul Lott. So, Paul Lott, CRT, critical race theory in Loudoun County. In fact, you're saying it, it provides fraudulent data, false data, because the black students are performing effectively as essentially as the uh, white students.
4: It's pretty much worse than that. If we look at Virginia, there are eight school districts that have double digit performance gaps in graduation. In four of them, Blacks graduated at a higher rate than whites, right? Let's go on. In 40% of the districts in Virginia, Blacks graduated at a higher rate than whites. Therefore, race cannot be a factor in this. So let's take a jump over to Maryland and look at Baltimore City School performance. Everyone talks about how the graduation rate there is around 70%. So we have a school system that's 40% Black teaching staff, 80% 80% student pop, black student population. African Americans graduate at 73.5%. White Americans in Baltimore graduated at 72.9%. If you look at the data, uh-huh. whites and blacks graduate within 2% of one another. We look at Loudoun, we look at Fairfax, we look at Prince William County. It's all within 2%. So race cannot be a factor. So, therefore, there is no need for critical race theory, and there's no foundation to teaching this to improve outcomes. How in the world will teaching racial awareness increase graduation outcomes by 2%? It can't happen. But there is a real reason why this is, why there is a disparity in different areas. A, it's economic-based. In, in, in Virginia, as in Chicago, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles— Whites underperform in the same school system that blacks underperform in. And that's what the liberals don't tell you. Mm-hmm. So it's not an issue of black versus white. They cherry-pick statistics. It is an issue of a, a, an underperforming school district system is an underperforming school system. So in terms of the data, the real reason that students underperform um, is based on vocabulary before they start school. What do I mean? So um, back in the 80s, Hines, there was a study that was identified that said there was a, a, a – that black students, that black individuals had one-third of the vocabulary of white students before starting uh, kindergarten on average. So when they looked at, the, looked at the data in the long term, it showed that those with a low vocabulary underperformed during school um, at the same rate, be they white, black, Hispanic, et cetera. It didn't matter what race they were. Blacks had an, had an issue in terms of different urban areas, not blacks overall, right? Blacks have 78% are not poor, right? Mm-hmm. Poverty rates, 22%, 78% not poor. So let's put it in perspective. 78% of us are just fine. Of the 22% that are poor... They're clustered in urban areas. So what are these clustered areas? These areas are the same areas that blacks migrated to during the Great Migration after the war for manufacturing and industrial jobs. And it lands you in Baltimore, uh, Chicago, Philadelphia, et cetera, et cetera. So every place that we're having a problem with are the places that blacks migrated to en masse north and west in the 1930s and the 1950s and early 60s. All right.
0: You really have uh, buttoned this down. Now, let me ask you a question. If you get the Republican nomination, you're going to be running against a left-wing, very white woman. Do you think she'll be preaching critical race theory? And it, Won't you point out how ironic it is? In other words, why is she in the race?
4: I, to, I don't want to bash anybody, but Wexton is kind of an invisible candidate. If you look at... You know, what she's published, what she's put out over the last, during her term, you know, it, it, it's very much pandering to either LGBT or something else. In terms of policy,
0: um, not a lot going on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but she, she votes with the left. That's enough. Paul, I got to run. I appreciate it. The information's very, very helpful, my friend, and I wish you the best of luck. God bless you. Boy, he sounds like a great candidate to me. Let's go to Elk Mound, Wisconsin. On the Mark Levin app, Michael. Michael, how are you, sir? Good. How are you, Mr. Levin? Very well, thank you, Michael. Thank you. I just wanted to take a moment and just
3: say thank you for what you do. Um, I've I've only been listening to you for about a year now, and you know, you you really opened up, changed not not how I think or how I feel, but you you allowed me to understand who I am. Because when I come to the voting booth, I think I've always been voting wrong my whole life, and now I finally figured it out.
0: Well, wow, that's very kind of you. Now, what? What? How did that come to be by listening to the program?
3: Well, you just you know, I I started listening. I, I haven't had much faith in in mainstream media for years. I haven't haven't followed any since I was in high school um, when 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 they made us watch it. And you know, I'm. I was looking for alternative sources to get information, and I started listening to you. And uh, you know, I I don't disagree with what he's saying. I agree uh. with this. I agree with that. And he must be, you know, I, I'm looking at this the wrong way. And you, you know, you and kind of others, you know, Sean Hannity, uh, Dan Bongino, everybody. But I I really like what you do specifically.
0: And no, you're very kind, and they're great, and I really appreciate that. And, uh, thank you, sir. A cheese had no doubt. Uh, they like being called that in Wisconsin. Of course, I'm lactose intolerant, so that is problematic. So I want to encourage you to get your copies of, uh, American Marxism. Now, maybe there's a family member or a friend or even a neighbor who's kind of on the fence and so forth and so on. This book should, uh, should wrap that up rather quickly. That is, this book should, uh, should help that individual if they're on the fence to get on the right side of the fence. I'm, I'm quite convinced of it. Let's slip in Linda, Tulsa, Oklahoma, XM Satellite. Linda, how are you?
7: I'm good. How are you, Mark?
0: Very well, thank Thanks you.
7: for having me on. You got it. Uh, I just wanted to, I was listening to you tonight, and I'm actually uh, driving my, uh, back to Tulsa, and... Um, they had their big uh, celebration, or not celebration, whatever they call no, it's it. No, it was an today.
0: anniversary, not a celebration, right?
7: Anniversary, yeah, not a celebration. And uh, I, but a lot of people don't know that um, our governor Stitt here has done a lot of things. And one of the things he did, and we're the one of the states that's already banned critical race theory in our right. schools. And and. Um, but a lot of people don't know that when he did that they took him off of the as a, a you yeah, know we
0: talked about that here they knocked him off this commission
7: they did oh I, I had not heard you say that yeah I
0: they it. knocked him off the commission uh, so he couldn't be a member of the commission uh, on the uh, Greenwood district uh, Tulsa slaughter that took place that's they correct
7: did. they did he He's done a lot of things for Oklahoma that a lot of people don't know about, and and I just wanted to tell you that tonight. I didn't know I hadn't heard that on your show, and uh, and mo- mostly Oklahoma is red, but we have we have our share of Democrats too. But uh, you know, it, it's a terrible thing that happened. But when it just made me sick at my stomach today when I heard him say. That he was going to give millions or, or maybe even billions, I don't know what she said, uh, of dollars to, to right. fix that. And, and like you All said, right. he can't fix that.
0: All right, my friend, I very much appreciate your call. You take care. We'll be right back.
8: Much love in.
0: Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. Hi, Charlie.
9: Uh, uh, I've read a couple of your books. You're a brilliant man. Oh, Uh, thank you. I I taught uh, history for 25 years in the city, and I just wanted to say that this defunding the police, Mm -hmm. uh, that they don't want to defund the police. They want to defund the police that are there now. A crew like this, in every revolution we've had, they'll put their own people in. Hmm. They're not going to let people run wild. They want to keep power. Now, once they're
0: in power, they'll they'll, they'll take the iron fist out with the uh, brass knuckles, won't they?
9: Yeah, and the people they'll put in the police and the military will be Black Lives Matter types and people who will really clamp down. But they want to get the white, unfortunately, the white... Uh, you know, uh, the white people, so to speak, European-based people, out. Well,
0: yeah, I, I don't like all this stuff. I'm saying what they really are is a racist, Marxist organization. They want to bring the country down. That's the bottom line. They want to bring the country down, or they're using race to do it. Um, and you have other organizations that are using other things to do it. says climate change isn't about climate change. It's a, it's a war on capitalism. It's a war on the lifestyle in the United States, which is unique, second to none, and it's more of a Marxist movement. The Marxists hate the Industrial Revolution. They hate the fact that coming out of the Industrial Revolution, we have not a proletariat army that wants to overthrow the government. We have a massive middle class that, that loves our economic system. And so they have been working night and day to destroy that, whether it's polar bears or air or... Tornadoes or hurricanes or whatever they can grab their hands on, climate change. So now they can legislate about about everything, water and air and, uh, and control outcomes and inputs economically speaking. This is what it's all about. It's a, it's a massive power grab. Or look at the immigration issue. The immigration issue is not because we can't fill jobs. We have jobs going unfilled because they're subsidizing people not to work. Immigration's all about the Democrats doing what they always do, playing the demographic card. And their media mouthpieces play the demographic card, too. It's what it's all about. Uh, in order to uh, change the electorate, uh, I mean, the, the border, what's happening on the border is a disgrace. And they're willing, they don't care how many kids are harmed or how many sick people with COVID come into this country. Perfectly happy. It's about power. And then they call election systems where they destroy the integrity of the system, where they allow 16- and 17-year-olds to register, and they talk about registering individuals and not citizens, and I can go on and on and on. If you oppose this, what's taken place the last few years in our election system, the bastardization of it, then they accuse you of being a racist, of Jim Crow and meanwhile they 're saying that black people, brown people, yellow people, red people, all kinds of people are too stupid to get a driver 's license or some kind of ID Now we all know that 's a lie, and so we have to be careful not to fall into their uh, into their game. They use race it 's all about racism when it comes to this black lives matter and critical race theory it 's all about attacking our economic system when it comes to climate change and the immigration uh, Efforts have as their purpose the the significant change in the uh, in the demographics of the population, because as I've said, how many years have I said, if the people coming across the border legally and illegally were voting two thirds Republican, do you think the Democrats would support this, Charlie?
9: Of well, course not. No, no. But but this is much further along than we think. Yes, it You've is. Got that that honorary. That general Honore is a racist. He's in charge of Washington.
0: Got to go. The music means I have to go. Yes, it is much further along than we think. Folks, if you have a moment, please run over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Walmart or wherever, whatever you're comfortable with, and go ahead and pre-order your copy of American Marxism. Join us. Join us so we're all ready on July 13th. I want to salute you all. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for hanging around, and I'll see you tomorrow.